Hi, my name is Fred Cook, and you are listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project. Now, what is it? We'll go, we'll go again. Sorry. Go for it. The Wellness, okay. Wellness Project Podcast. Wellness Project Podcast. You just need to add podcast at <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Fred Cook, and you are listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> episode 16 of the Dan Kyo Wellness Project podcast. This is Dan here. I am a social care worker working with families who are experiencing homelessness in Dublin, Ireland, and I am also a counsellor and psychotherapist in training with Dublin Business School and have just completed my first year. I'm extremely passionate about my own and others' wellness, and what I want to do with this podcast is have people on as often as possible and just get their intake on what wellness means to them and my hope is that everybody who listens will come away from that experience with value added to their lives in terms of their own wellness and in terms of things that they can maybe try. On today's podcast I am so so happy to have one of the most inspirational women that I have ever met in my entire life. She was part of the reason, well was the reason that I joined Weight Loss Rebels as an ambassador back in 2013. She, her posts on her page, Fitbitch, really inspired me to take a no-nonsense approach to my own fitness, health and wellness. And believe it or not, this is the first time that we had spoken to each other without it being online or on Facebook. So I'm just so excited for you to hear this. I know that a lot of people who do listen to the podcast regularly will be very familiar with Miss Meg Brown. I just want you to sit back, relax, and I really, really hope you enjoy listening as much as I did recording. Enjoy, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project podcast. It is with great delight that I have Miss Meg Brown on the podcast today. Uh, We just had a chat before we came on about not being able to figure out time zones. And um, one of the greatest things, I suppose, about the internet in this day and age is that me and Meg actually got into contact all those years ago. And she really, really was a major force in getting me on my wellness path. So Meg, you're so welcome to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project podcast. Oh, thanks, Dan. I'm so happy to finally be on it after playing um, some schedule tag the last couple of weeks. So yeah, really happy to be here. Thank you so much. And I, I know that, I mean, you're so busy. You've got, you know, you've got the kids, you've got, you're trying to have a life outside of the internet. And, you know, how, how has it been for you going, you know, through your own process all those years ago? Was it about four or five years ago when you started Fitbitch? Uh, yeah, it was. And, um, you know, so much has changed since then. I, I started out with, uh, you know, sort of a physical goal in mind. I think a lot of people start their, um, fitness journeys that way, right? They want to look a certain way. And so that was definitely my motivation, um, in starting, um, just sort of to document my progress as we went into my very first fitness competition. Yeah. And, since then, though, so much has changed as far as my goals and my perception of 
fitness and aesthetics and and all that. So it's been um, it's been kind of a roller coaster of a ride. But I'm you know I'm happy to say that lately the last I'd say the last year or so things have really sort of come together as far as you know body image and self uh, worth and all that stuff for me. So it's um, yeah it's been it's been great. I'm so grateful for that experience and I'm so grateful for all the people that I met throughout that yourself included. Those are people that I'll probably stay in touch with for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, I've thanked you through different medias, whether it's been, you know, posts on my Facebook page or whether it's been email or, you know, whether it's been in the ambassadors Inc group that we set up so that ambassadors for weight loss rebels could speak to each other and, you know, come up with plans and how we can support other people in their weight loss and wellness journeys. But it's really important to me that I take this opportunity right now to actually say to you in person, thank you so much. Oh, man, you're going to make me get all like choked up on your podcast here. That means so much to me. And really, that is, um, you know, it didn't start out that way. But as as the wheels, you know, kept going, that is that has been my primary motivation for the last few years is really making those connections and meeting people like yourself and, you know, and, and kudos to you, too. I mean, you've done a tremendous job because not very many people can start this and not only follow through with it but on on a larger scale you know make it public and be accountable and Mm. and sort of you know offer your own insight and vulnerability through that process that's a very difficult thing to do and you've done a tremendous job of it and and not many people will stick with it for right, as right. long as you have. I think that um, you know, that's a really interesting point you make because I'm I'm at pains to tell people who listen to the podcast that not nor me nor most of my guests are standing on a you know a, a mountaintop preaching that this is the way you should do things. It is merely people giving their own insights from their own personal experience. And I think that's one of the things that made Weight Loss Rebels so successful. Do you want to give the listeners a kind of bit of insight in terms of how we got in touch with each other? Like what, what was it that your plan was in terms of getting an ambassador for your own brand? Um, that was sort of, um, there was a few reasons that I decided to do that. Um, I'm primarily, you know, I, my number one goal whenever I'm creating a fitness program is that it works, you know, and, and I really wanted to have some people, you know, walk the walk and, and really learn what it was to be on the weight loss rebels programs and also share that experience with other people. Because if there is one lesson that I have taken away from my experience in the fitness industry, it's that people can do really well on their own, but you cannot compare that to the success that people have when they are working together. Yes. You know, and and that's why, you know, I think the ambassadors have done so well and why, you know, here we are however many years later and, you know, it's still going and we're still running hardcore hottie challenges and all that stuff. It's because of, of the group. It's because of the connection. So, um, by creating this sort of network of ambassadors, it's, you know, we were able to create a bigger network and, and create a bigger connection where people could share those experiences. And yeah. that's where the magic happens, you know, because then it's not just a physical transformation. I really believe strongly that it has to be an emotional one as well. And I think that that happened and it was kind of magic, you know, it, we had a, we have a really group, a great group of people and they all yeah. you know seem to click really well. 
and you were obviously a big a huge part of that still a huge part of that yeah well like I actually do have to ask you something about that because as most of the listeners know and most like you certainly do know that it's got to be 90 to 95 percent of people who you would have been in touch with around the time you started Fitbit and all of the other ambassadors including myself 90 to 95 percent of people who we interact with are are women mostly mm-hmm. over 30 you know that kind of thing so what did you think when you got this hairy irish 31 <laughs> year old bloke emailing you when you put out this uh, request for you know I mean, you you asked people to email in why they should be an ambassador for you basically what did you think when you got the email was it did it kind of uh take you by surprise um in a good way, in a really good way, because I was like, man, this guy does not give a shit. And I love that, you know, like he, he is willing to put himself out there. He's willing to give this a shot and, and see where it goes and put his faith in me, you know, that I know what I'm doing and, and all that stuff. So I'm always, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of an outside the box thinker myself. So I, mm. I always am drawn to other people that um, aren't afraid to do something different or, or to make drastic changes or, or you know, yeah. um, do their own thing. And I feel like we are both very similar in that respect. And so I was definitely picked up on that right away from your email and, and was like, yeah, we need some guys doing this, <laughs> you know, because I think that there's um, maybe maybe men don't talk about you know, body image or, or societal pressures to look certain ways as much as women do, yeah. but it's there, it's, it's there. And I've seen it. And I, I know that it can be a destructive force in, in a man's life, just as much as it can be in a woman's life. So right. that's, that's I thought, a really important point. I'm sorry for cutting across you there, but yeah. I spoke with Niall Monley last week and he was very open and candid about his own self, uh, sorry, struggles with self-image, self-confidence. And he now runs a gym in Nace in County Kildare. But how we got to that point was he had to get to his lowest point in life where he considered committing suicide because he couldn't express himself. So he described a moment where he, you know, said it was basically make or break for him. And he reached out to talk and he basically hasn't stopped talking since. And he won't mind me saying that because if we (laughs) if we had not expressed the stop button on a recording, we'd still be talking one week later, you know. So he is a real credit. His brother, Dominic Munley, uh, is one of Ireland's top trainers as well. He was also on the podcast. And what they both preaching and what I'm preaching at the moment in terms of in terms of wellness is that need to communicate which women are so good at you know women are so good at reaching out in in everyday life but particularly the advent of of online stuff and online connection portals has has really does highlight that as well because i hardly get any guys reaching out and i'm at pains to say it to tell any guys who are listening to this if you need support or anything if you need to talk please hit me up because you know that's what i'm here for and i'm trying to be an advocate for a good mental health because as you said when you started this journey for yourself set up fitbit you were doing your competition it developed into so much more than just a body image issue it was it encapsulated wellness for you didn't it like every area of wellness absolutely yeah it really did that. and even even now to this day you know my my sort of ideas about fitness my perception about it uh is is completely different from where i started and and in a good way you know yeah. now i'm at a place with eating and working out where i don't it is not all consuming anymore. It's, it's, um, you know, it's part of my life. It always will be. Um, so I, I do 
you know, enjoy physical activity and I, you know, try to sort of eat in a balanced way, but that's pretty much the extent of it. You know, it, it really, um, has just become fluid and natural and not forced and not, it's not a point of stress in my life anymore. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Like so many people come to me and they, they want to lose weight and it's because they feel stressed out, you know, about how they look and they're insecure about their appearance. But then they just replace that with stress and anxiety about their fitness program and their eating. And it's like, that's not better. You know, it's not better. It's, you know, our, our, I think our part of what we're missing there is that the, the emphasis off of your physical appearance just needs to take a bit of a back seat because at the end of the day, that's really what the stress is, is all about. And it's sort of counterproductive to everything that you want to do in your life. Because I mean, let's face it, it, how much energy, time and energy do people spend on worrying about their physical appearances? I mean, it's, it's significant, you know, and you're, you're talking to a guy who still is in that phase. Like I know I've, you know, you asked whenever that was, it was 2013 when I signed up to be an ambassador with weight loss rebels. And, you know, I'm still in, in 2016 at a point where I'm still trying to figure that part out for myself now don't get me wrong i would have like a good six seven weeks where it's not my primary stress and i'm able to go to the gym every day well actually this year i've gone to the gym every day or exercised every day this year as as project 366 but i do go through periods still and probably always will from time to time where what you described there is happening where it's taking up so much stress in my life. So what would be the advice that you give to, well, me at the moment and other people who are overly stressed about their appearance? Honestly, I think the best advice I can give is to remember that your value is not how you look. You know, that is only a small part of the equation. And not only that, but how you treat yourself, how you present yourself, and how you act towards other people. I mean, people like you totally outside of of the way they look. People like you or dislike you because of how you make them feel about themselves. Hmm. So whenever you get caught up in this idea that, you know, people are going to like you better or worse, depending on how you look that day. Just remember that probably the only thing they're going to retain from their interaction with you was whether or not you made them feel good yeah. because we, we're emotional creatures that way. Right. Yeah, so of course, um, more so than, you know, what shirt you're wearing. It's, it's more, you know, did you pay that person a compliment? Did you smile at them? Those are the yeah. things that, that people care about. And so on those days when you wake up in the morning and, you know, you're not feeling so shit hot and, and, you know, maybe you think you need to look different than you do, you know, maybe just take a minute to pay yourself a compliment because yeah. that goes a really long way, you know? I, yeah, I don't yeah. know it's hard to do. It's a counter to do. It sounds like a little self-help guru standing in the mirror saying nice things to yourself. It's quite, it's but quite, it's quite effective. It is very effective. And you know what? Sometimes it really works. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, man, you know, I didn't get any sleep last night, two little kids or whatever. But, you know, I'll pull my shit together and I'll get in the mirror and, you know, part of my language. But, like, I look fucking good for having two kids and I'm okay with that. 
<laughs> you know, I'm okay with, with not being perfect, but I, I think that, you know, I um, have done well and I have a lot to offer mm. outside of my what my body looks like too, right? So yeah. it is it is a long, slow, arduous battle. I will not, you know, um, try and sugarcoat that for anybody. It takes a long time to get there, years and years and years of deprogramming yourself. Sure. Um, but it, it gets better, you know, and, and um, there's nothing wrong with self-improvement, you know. We, we all strive to be better. Um, it's just when that pressure to improve is is detracting more from your life than it's contributing yeah. right i couldn't i could not echo more that um you know the <clears throat> the road is long it's most definitely long and i think one of the greatest skills that you can develop on your own wellness and fitness and health path is to recognize that you have come so far you know yeah because even as i was saying the previous statement to you before your last answer there about you know I'm having a pretty bad week in that regard this week you know when you were talking there simply you just saying that stuff to me made me kind of think Jesus Christ man come on cop on you've come so far <laughs> you know yeah absolutely. you've got nothing to worry about I know that you coined the phrase trust the process you've got to yeah. trust the effing process yeah. And when we talk about process, Meg, aren't we talking about it? It's a whole, it's a very holistic thing, wellness and fitness. You know, it, it can't be just going to the gym every day or going for your walk every day. It's health. It's nutrition. Sorry, it's it's fitness. It's nutrition. It's, you know, as you mentioned earlier, surrounding yourself with people who build you up. It's connecting with loved ones. It's insert whatever makes you feel good here. Yes. So what, yeah, what, um, what's your opinion on kind of making sure you give enough energy to the different categories of your life that build you up? To be perfectly honest with you, a big part of that for me has been stepping away from social media a little bit, um, which was difficult for me because that was my job. You know, I, yeah. I, I do online training. I run a website. I am very involved in Facebook groups and challenges and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, it was sort of a... a uh, realization that I came to um, before I got pregnant with my second son, um, you know, and, and we had sort of had some some problems. We ended up having a very public miscarriage sort of inadvertently, which, you know, took its toll on me having to sort of deal with that and then getting pregnant again afterwards and sort of the anxiety surrounding that after you've had a loss was difficult. Yeah. And so it, all of a sudden these things outside of my, you know, out of outside of my job and social media were, were pressing and they were important and required my attention. So I did that. You know, I, I really took a step back from being online um, to sort of focus on my personal life and, and my pregnancy and be healthy in, in that respect. And through that, I, I discovered that, you know, although I, I thoroughly enjoy you know, Facebook and, and all that stuff and the connections and the people that I have met there, there is a significant downside to it for me. And that's that, you know, you will inevitably have interactions that are negative. You will see things that elicit strong negative emotions in you. And, and that, um, you know, I, I started to realize that, you know, I'm having a really good day. And all of a sudden I have an interaction online and now my day isn't good anymore. So like, <laughs> why am I doing this? You know, like I, I, I don't, I didn't enjoy that part of it. And yeah. so it was, 
I kind of had to let go a little bit and, and you not, not let it be such a, a big presence in my life anymore. Um, so so and, for, for the benefit of people who are listening, who are thinking, God, yeah, that might be something very positive that I can take away from this episode of the Nankyo Wellness Project podcast. How, how would someone go about doing that? Um, there's a few ways. I really edited down my news feed and that's not that I went and, you know, unfriended people that don't agree with me or anything like that. Right. I'm a big, I'm all about free speech, right? Say what you're going to say. But if I knew that, um, a particular person maybe had opinions that, uh, would elicit a stressful response from me or maybe motivate me to say something and then we would argue about it. Um, because at the end of the day, nobody changes their opinion on Facebook. You can argue all day long and I'm, I'm all for constructive discussion. If it's going to go somewhere all by all means have the the discussion, but it it doesn't work out that way. You just go back and forth and everybody gets pissed off and, and nobody goes anywhere. Right. Mm. So I edited my feed to not maybe have so many of those opinions, um, in there, or, you know, if it was things that I found offensive, I would, you know, hide those from my newsfeed. And also, you know, if I saw something that I felt like I needed to, you know, respond to may probably in a negative fashion, um, I would maybe wait, you know, give it an hour or two and see if you're still so fired up that you feel like you need to respond to it. And nine times out of 10, you don't, you know, you, it's, it's water under the bridge. You've totally forgotten about I it. I think, I think that's actually a very good piece of advice in general, not just with social media. Yeah. Yeah. I probably could have used that with my husband a few <laughs> times and didn't for sure. It's it, uh, I'm a very reactive person. You know, my, my instinct when I see something that I don't like is to say something right away. And, and you, you have that, off, um, you have so that awful sort of, of this, being very articulate as well. Right. I know I, I, cause I feel like I'm like, Oh, I could really ram this opinion down their throat. You know, I'm really good at that. So it's kind of a double edged sword. And so I, um, have learned though, that there is a price to pay for that kind of conflict every day in your life. And it's not one that I'm really willing to pay anymore. So I just kind of ignore most of it, you know, or just stay off of it. And I also try not to post things that are going to elicit negative responses from other people too. I try to keep it sort of you know, lighthearted and, and whatever. Not that I'm not having important conversations. It's just, you know, just a different context. I know. I so, just, I, you're, I'm chuckling here because I, I remember when I, um, when I first came into contact with you through your alias Fitbitch, one of the things that made me smile and laugh so much and made me want to talk to you was, you know, the way you would phrase certain opinions on different things in fitness and nutrition and all that kind of thing. And it was they were, they were so succinctly put that you were always going to get 50% people who agreed with you, 50% people who didn't. But what you were guaranteed was a robust discussion, you know, that would get people talking and involved. And I'm still searching for that skill on my page. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we had some really good conversations on, on Fitbit. I totally agree with that. And, you know, I would say that, um, you know, up to maybe the, the 50,000 person follower, we were still having those really good discussions. I have found though, since the page has become so much bigger that it becomes more difficult to have those discussions because you, you inevitably, you know, have some people that are there just to pick a fight and, and it becomes yeah. sort of difficult to parent that and, um, 
you know, that, I think that's why I'm, I'm more hesitant to do it now. You know, I save my, yeah. my super controversial rants for my friends <laughs> and my family because I know that it's not going to deteriorate into name calling right away, you know, maybe eventually, but in the so, beginning, it's all So are you yeah. saying your family and friends are malleable? Like they, they are, they, they might come around to your way of thinking or you come around to their way of thinking? Um, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I am definitely more open-minded than I used to be. And, um, because I, I can tell you, there's been a few times where I was very, you know, uh, set in my belief system about something. And it just takes that one person that, that shares an opinion with you that you didn't think about for you to be like, holy shit, you know, maybe I don't have that all figured out. Maybe I need to revisit this. Um, and that is, has been a tremendously, you know, valuable gift for people to give me because I don't think on my own, I I'm the type of person that will naturally sort of, you know, try and dissect my own belief system. I think somebody else needs to be that catalyst. And so I, I do really enjoy that. And, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for how that has worked out in my life because I've learned uh, more I have I have gained so much more than I have given it's been really great that way absolutely and Meg you know there's a lot of uh, ladies out there who are either new parents or they're expecting mothers what is your favorite thing about being a mother oh man <laughs> when you have really little kids sometimes that's a difficult question to answer <laughs> oh god that's so honest <laughs> um I think you know the the my biggest takeaway from being a parent is that if your kids are literally a physical manifestation of your love for another person Mm. like that that is cool to me to look at my kids and be like you know you guys are here because your dad and I have that connection you know have that love for each other so much so that it it created another human life. I mean, it kind of blows your mind a little bit, you yeah, know? Well, it certainly blows my mind. As I don't have any kids yet, so it's all ahead of me. But that even even listening to you say that blows my mind. Right. And and so that's something that I like to think about a lot, you know, when especially when I look at their faces. Like, it's just, um, it's a very cool experience. And that's sort of what keeps me going when, when the days can be long and shitty. And trust me, they are when you have a six-year-old and a one-year-old, for sure. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's all worth it at the end of the day. It's a long, you know, it's a long road when your kids are really small, but, um, getting, getting to see them experience life and all the newness, everything is new and exciting to them. You know, it sort of breathes life back into you. You know, it's like Christmas, you know, when you're in your (laughs) thirties, what's Christmas? It's not really that exciting anymore. Right. I mean, we kind of know the drill. Speak for yourself. Okay, well, maybe you. I literally watched Santa Claus the movie two nights ago after a couple of beers. <laughs> oh man. Okay, okay. So maybe it's just me. Okay, Dad. Maybe Christmas didn't hold the same meaning for me. But now with the little kids, yeah, you get to see how cool it is again, and you get to see it through their eyes, and that is um, that's yeah, a really neat. I, I gotta say, that's kind of one of my favorite things that I'm looking forward to the most. Oh. Totally. Yeah, you're absolutely right in that sense. Holidays with kids are are just the best. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, um, you know, obviously, as I mentioned, I don't have kids yet, but like having children and one of the themes that's come up in all of 
the podcast so far. Again, thanks everybody for tuning into this episode, episode 16 of the Don Kill Wellness Project podcast. One of the biggest themes is firstly having an awareness of what you need to do to to kind of go through changes in your life and come out the other side. Not a better person, but a new person, a person who's learned a lot through the process of change, you know. And I know that you've spoken already on this podcast about having gone through so much change in such a short time over the past few years. I mean, what advice would you give to people who are having a tough time navigating change in terms of their wellness and keeping their their head above water? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. Um, honestly, I think my biggest piece of advice is to not resist it. Okay. You know, just if you feel like you're stuck and you feel like you need to make some changes, but um, you're a little resistant because it's new, you know, and new things are inherently terrifying, right? I mean, we've all heard the saying, um, you know, the evil you know is better than the evil that you don't. But I, but I promise you that in my, you know, my limited ex- experience through, you know, two years on this earth that every single time I have faced a huge change in my life that I was absolutely terrified to make, even though the process might be shitty and hard, who I became on the other side of that and what I learned was so valuable that I would do it a hundred times over. You know, I... I've never gone through a process of change and been unhappy with where I ended up. So I think sometimes, you know, we get sort of stuck in our, in our little ruts and our, you know, our habits and all that stuff because it's what we're used to. But if you're not happy with what you're used to, I promise you that there is so much more out there and there's so much better. And, and so don't, um, don't limit yourself out of fear because yeah. that will really work, you know, to your disadvantage because there's so much, out there for people to experience and I'm a I'm a I'm a firm believer in just making your own rules and um doing your own yeah having your own autonomy and I know that um Tony Robbins who you and I both are familiar with you know he he talks about the needs that humans have and I'm a big believer in all of his teachings you know he's an unbelievable guy but the most interesting thing that he's ever said that I heard was humans have i think there's a list of seven or ten needs that it, that he identifies but one of them is certainty okay mm-hmm. and the other one is uncertainty <laughs> and i'm like come on tony you're killing me here I'm, I'm like i'm furiously reading you know waking the giant within circling things highlighting things and i'm like shit is this a typo or what's happening here but he's it's right so true, you know like because think about it think about it in in the, the beginning of a relationship, for example, you know, we, we love that uncertainty, that, that getting to know somebody and that sort of discovering your chemistry and all of those things. But on the other side of that, you also are craving the certainty that they feel the same way about you as you do about them. Right. So it's like this, it's this constant battle between living a life that's exciting but also having stability which is very very difficult to do yeah right so and then when you get a few years into a relationship you've got the opposite thing going on yes exactly (laughs) exactly so you kind of have to you know make up your own ways to keep things interesting and exciting and it and it's hard I mean to sort of achieve that in your life that balance of certainty and uncertainty is difficult it requires 
you know, some effort. And I think we're all inherently better at one than the other. You know, I'm definitely on the, on the uncertain side of things. I like change. I like different. I like, you know, stepping outside of comfort zones and pushing boundaries and all of that stuff. Whereas my husband is definitely more of the, the certainty guy, you know, he likes to, to have things, you know, relatively predictable and which is kind of funny because he married me and I'm very, very unpredictable. <laughs> well, that's Maybe that's why int- he keeps me around. Yeah, you know, right. I keep life interesting. <laughs> and it's interesting because earlier on in the, uh, in the podcast, you mentioned that we're quite similar and that is one way in which we are extremely similar. Like, you know, my, my better half, my fiance Tara is like Rob, you know, she likes certainty and whereas I would be the, you know, instant gratification addict. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you know, you. <laughs> I like that new cell phone. Give me the new cell phone. But it costs yeah. $250. I've already bought it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so we're, we're, tr- we're trying to work. <laughs> we're trying to work through getting our own balance between all of that. But that's really interesting in terms of, you know, I would argue, Meg, and I don't know what you think about this. I know that Tony talks about, you know, certainty and uncertainty being two uh needs that we have i think that we're always in constant change though yeah you know so my question to you about how do we navigate change is the same question as how do we navigate life which you don't have to answer you know (laughs) you know do you know what i'm saying though yeah i do i do know what you're saying it's um it is. It's an it's an evolutionary thing. Every day is different. And I yeah. think that's why I like it so much is because I, I like different and I like, you know, unusual and not really knowing what's coming the next day. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say that a big part of being OK with uncertainty for me is this. And, and you, I think you are of the similar mind. And, th- and that's that I am very confident in me. And yes. my ability to weather a storm. And I know that regardless of what happens tomorrow, I'll be okay. Hmm. So I think that's where my comfort with change and uncertainty comes from. It's because I've been through some shit and I know <laughs> that I can handle it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that's yeah. not to say that people who like um, predictability or comfort aren't confident. It's and just they, that but I But they think- might not deal with the sudden change that might come into their life for whatever reason as well as somebody with your outlook exactly I think it's just different you know we all have our comfort zones and I think I've just had so much change and so many things happen in my life that my comfort zone literally is change it is doing things differently it's it's an evolutionary process and so that's sort of my my happy place you know and and I, I I that's been a that's been a big takeaway for me, you know, the last 10 years or so of my life, just knowing that literally the world could explode tomorrow and I would find a way to survive it. Just just, you you and the cockroaches after nuclear holocaust. That's who it's going to be, you know, at the end end of the world. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. I can just imagine you're running a hardcore hottie challenge with 12 cockroaches and go, where the the hell is everybody? Let me tell you. <laughs> so listen, I ask everybody who comes on to the podcast, and again, Meg, thank you so much for your valuable time coming on here today. What does wellness mean to you today? Oh, man. Wellness to me today means not being drunk by 6 o'clock. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of. 6 a.m. Um, or p.m.? <laughs> um, uh, wellness to me 
just means um, being okay with where you're at in that moment. You know, it's it's not putting any pressure on yourself about tomorrow or what you did yesterday. It's just being okay with who you are right now. Mm. And, um, and that can change, you know, we're talking about change a lot today and how much I like it. And, and so that picture could be totally different two weeks from now, but as long as you're okay sitting with what you have right now, then everything will be fine. You know? Yeah, no, I absolutely, it's, it's kind of hitting me right in the feels what you just said there because I have had a couple of difficult days actually this week personally so you know what I spoke to Niall on last week's podcast about was even if you're having the worst time it's okay to feel the way you feel okay and the reason why we put that message out is because we want we want people to talk and we want people to express themselves without thinking that they're going to be judged you know and I think a, a main component of wellness is exactly what you just said there feeling okay in this moment doesn't necessarily feeling brilliant or happy it can be that you're frustrated or sad or angry but that that's okay yes yes I mean I can't you know it's funny that you mentioned that because it came up in conversation with somebody this week and I, I can't emphasize what you just said enough and that's that especially with social media we are inundated with this bullshit that you need to be happy and grateful every single day and if you're not Hmm. you're selfish you're worthless you're all these things but life is shitty sometimes and it is okay to feel shitty it's okay to feel upset it's okay to be angry and it's okay to sit in those emotions and discuss them yeah even though it makes people uncomfortable you know negative emotions make people uncomfortable it's why when you see somebody crying, you give them a hug because you're like trying to get them to stop. Like stop yeah, the, doing the that. The hug is for you, not the Absolutely, right? <laughs> but it's okay to just let somebody freaking cry and let them tell you, you know, what's bothering them and, and to sort of talk through it. It's not something that needs to be repressed or squashed. Hmm. And so, like you said, it's so it, it's so important for people to open up about that kind of stuff and not feel like they're going to be judged because we all feel those ways at yeah. some point, you know? I know, I know. I just know that Canadians, you're Canadian through and through, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so is Amber. And so are so many people who will be listening to this podcast. I just find that Canadians and Irish people are so similar. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, like you, got, you guys well, have a really strong sense of national identity. and a, yeah. you, you guys seem to have a... Like I know Canada's so feckin' huge, and I'm and I'm, yeah. I'm about to say you're a real close knit community, but that's the way I view Canada from across the pond, and I know that yeah. that's how Ireland is viewed across the world. And we might slag each other quite a bit, but everyone knows, you know, we're friendly, we're open, we're kind of, you know, we love having a bit of fun and that. But there's something about Canada that I can't quite articulate, which would be obvious to the listeners, but um, <laughs> you know. Is it is it a tight knit community that I view it to be? I I think it is absolutely. I mean, I I've been to uh, quite a few different countries and and I've never been to Ireland, so I can I can only speak from you know yes. um, other experiences. But the the best part about Canada is its complete lack of pretentiousness. Right. You know, we you can make fun of us, you can you know poke fun at our weather and the way that we talk and, and everything else. But, you know, we will never take offense. We'll just laugh with you. You know, if you are pulled over on the side of the road with a flat tire, 
somebody will stop. Not only will somebody stop, but probably a few people will stop. Right. And they'll because, be, will they be arguing over who gets to change the tire? Right. I mean, every, if, if anything, people will just be standing around saying, well, no, you go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. No, 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 no. You here first. You go ahead. Because <laughs> that's really what it's like here. I mean, really? people will... People in Canada will get stuck holding the door open because there's so many people going through, but they don't want to be rude yeah. and let go of the door. So their family is like 40 people ahead of them in the parking lot, and they're still standing there holding the door <laughs> trying to be polite. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I've done it myself lots of times. You know, that's just the kind of people that we are. Yeah. And uh, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the the type of community that we have in Canada. It's really unbelievable. Yeah, because one of the, um, you know, one of the things I've been preaching on my page ever since I started was how important community is and having the positive people around you but it's quite something else to have a positive country around you that's amazing it is amazing and we are lucky on you know a smaller scale as well we live in a very um you know tight neighborhood and have great neighbors with great families and we all support each other quite a bit and um yeah. so it's i wouldn't trade it for anything I, yeah no, I it's, love it, it's it's really it's really really wonderful and i'm very uh i'm just very inspired by it quite a lot because obviously I speak to a lot of Canadian ladies and, and gentlemen on my page so you know it's it's just a feel that I get because as you know I'm training to be a counsellor and psychotherapist I've been working in social care for many years now so I do have that kind of sense of people you know and that's not to say I don't get that feel from other nationalities but I don't I, I haven't experienced a, a togetherness from a whole nationality of people who I've talked to do you get what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, I So it's it's, it's it's very much a cultural thing. Mhm. Yeah, and I I experience that every day. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I'm very lucky. So when you're not getting drunk before 6 p.m. and are taking a break from social media, what are you doing with your time these days, Meg? Um, I actually am working uh part-time way way before I started all this fitness stuff. I um have my I went to school to get my journeyman parts technician certificate so um that's in automotive in the automotive industry okay so I spent an yeah I spent a number of years working for uh BMW and Honda and a couple other places so I decided um just to get out of the house a few days a week to get back into that so a few days a week I'm just working at our local um, GMC dealership in their parts department, you know, slinging parts like I used to back That's in the amazing. day. I totally did yeah. not expect this answer. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. It's my thing. I'm, um, actually a, a total gearhead at heart. My husband and I are really big into tracks. They're, they're actually making, um, plans to build a race track right now. So wow. that's really, then one of his friends are going to be building one, um, to sort of take to the racetrack and, um, wow. Yeah, so that's going to be really cool um, to see and to be a part of. So that's usually what we're doing if we're not, you know, doing regular mundane yeah. house stuff is um, truck things. There's a lot of truck talk going on in this house. That's incredible because the head gasket on my car blew the other day. So I'm, abso oh, no. I'm absolutely destroyed this week that I've lost my beautiful car that I've loved for such a long time. It's going to cost too much money to repair. So oh, she's yeah. going to the scrapyard. Oh, Dan, that's not good at all. No, but the upside is I get to cycle so much more, so I'll be getting an extra, like, seven hours of cardio a week. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little excessive, but... <laughs> well, I have to get to work and back. You know? That's true, that's true. And not spend, like, an hour on a bus on Facebook, because I'm trying to reduce my own social media intake as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, good plan. Good plan. <laughs> so, Meg, are you still getting a lot of people reaching out to you online looking for life coaching and fitness instruction and that kind of thing? Or have you found that it has reduced since you've pulled back a bit? Oh, it's definitely reduced since I've pulled back a bit, for sure. I still get, you know, obviously friends and family or, you know, the odd person that will hit me up for advice. Um, and I'm always happy to give it, you know, I, I, um, am a, I, I don't own patent to anything that I've learned really. I'm just a sponge that's picked up good stuff from better people. So I, I have no problem passing that information along. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's really scaled back and, um, and I'm really okay with that. I'm very happy with sort of where I'm at in life right now. Well, it's, it's wonderful to hear that. Um, do you ever kind of reflect on the past six years and think, about the impact that you have had on people or do you just not think about that kind of stuff at all? Um, you know, I, I do some, every once in a while somebody will say something to me and it's usually coming from one of the ambassadors, you know, that, that says something about, you know, our, our relationship or what, you know, sort of what that's contributed in their lives. And, and to be honest with you, I get really emotional. Like it, it really is so significant to me that, you know, my little, you know, rants or opinions or, you know, things that pop up off the top of my head actually made a positive impact in somebody's life. You know, that, that is, is just crazy for me to think about, yeah. you know, and, and so, um, it's, it's something that I will always keep with me, you know, and, um, I'm see, you're going to make me get emotional here again, Dan, don't do that to me. <laughs> this is golden for the podcast. It's golden. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Oh man. But, um, yeah, yeah, that, that has been, has been very cool. So, I mean, I don't, I don't try and, you know, sit back and reflect it like, you know, whether I have done things right or wrong or anything in that sense, but I do know for sure that I have made some connections that I will always have and, and have had some experiences and relationships that have changed my life. No, you're, and, ta- and you're talking to one of them here. Oh, Dan, you're the best. I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. It's it's It feels like it's been such a long time coming, you know? It has been, but everything in its own time. And I truly believe in kind of, you know, for everybody who's listening, who's hopefully taking a lot away from your experience and my experience currently, you know, you have to kind of trust that things will happen in the way that they're supposed to happen. That's not a get-out-of-jail-free card for not doing anything. You do have to take action. I mean, for example, at the moment, I'm building dankillwellnessproject.com with Tara. And, like, my idea for that going forward is to, you know, I've got a whole load of ideas, like, because I'm training as a psychotherapist and counsellor, so I will be offering counselling, life coaching, all that kind of stuff. But that's going to be, like, a couple of years away, you know, because I've got to do my time in college learn my trade but you do have to kind of I think you mentioned it earlier you kind of have to let go in a way don't you yeah yeah that's a big part of it is letting go of this idea that we are in control yeah because we we are not you know you just kind of have to let things happen organically mm. and uh and not force it and and I think that the line of work that you've chosen is such a natural thing for you like yeah. you're just so naturally good at this that of, like of course it's going to work out without you even trying that hard you know you just seem like like it's just a natural fit well, I think that is important that is an important point as well I suppose I mean you guys you got you have to kind of if if what you're doing for your you know to pay your rent and pay your bills doesn't isn't feeling right for you at the moment it's probably not a good fit so yeah sit down and write out what it is that you are passionate about for me it's passionate about connecting with others 
self-improvement and helping others to improve themselves. So as you said, it is a no-brainer for me. But I don't think a lot of people have been as lucky as I have in, in terms of kind of working in an area that really suits their personality. So I would advise people to really sit down, work out what you're passionate about and write a set of goals that go from tidy little goals, be it Googling, how would I work at a job with these skills to actually applying for a job or going and get qualified, go and do that today, you know? Absolutely. I I couldn't agree with you more. Life is too short to be unhappy or miserable, you know, for any length of time. So, um, you know, do follow your passion. Like you said, I think that that's such an important message. Yeah. Well, listen, Meg, I know your time is very valuable, as um, has all my guests, and I want to extend a massive thanks to everybody who's come on to the podcast so far. This is episode number 16, and thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to talk to me here today. I hope it won't be the last time, because I know what's going to happen. You're going to work at the auto dealership for a while, then you've got to come at us with this big, massive online you know, plan in the next couple of years, and then we can talk, and I can plug the shit out of it for you. What do you reckon uh i think you know me pretty well that's usually how my life goes i kind of you know do some stuff in the background and then i get these like huge crazy ideas and then my husband just looks at me like i have three heads but they usually work out pretty good in the end so (laughs) we'll see what happens in the next couple years fantastic well thank you so much for coming on today i really appreciate it oh thanks dan it was my pleasure anytime you're the best okay ciao bye